0: Today on The Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. And something that we haven't talked about in a while because of the situation with uh, demonstrations and marches uh, in honor of George Floyd, who was uh, tragically killed. And uh, China, COVID-19 has sort of taken a back burner to this. But uh, interesting uh, article in the uh, on the Global News site in regard to Chinese takeover of companies in canada and how concerned we should be over foreign takeovers of canadian companies uh as uh we are obviously uh changing our position on china moving forward let's bring in charles burton senior fellow mcdonald laurier institute he is with us now charles thanks for the time i hope you're doing well
1: Uh, hi nice to talk with you again scott
0: Uh, What is happening in uh, the United States with with the George Floyd case and such, uh, combining that with the COVID-19 pandemic? uh, Has this given China a pass for the last couple of weeks?
1: Well, I think uh, certainly that's the case. Uh, There are concerns um, that the Chinese state will take advantage of the economic disruption of the COVID-19 pandemic. lockdown in in Western countries, and we'll start buying up distressed um, enterprises in strategic areas. So I I spoke to the uh, Canadian House of Commons uh, Industry Committee yesterday about this. They're doing a study of whether we should have a temporary moratorium of takeovers by um authoritarian state owned uh, enterprises of canadian um, um strategic resources or not and of course that really refers to china and other parliaments uh, the uk um india australia um and the us congress are are also considering the same matter there's a concern that you know predatory behavior by the chinese state could take advantage of the economic weakness and snap up uh uh, critical Canadian resources at a very reasonable price. And then China could use those acquisitions to further their strategic goals here and further their um, non-democratic authoritarian political agenda in Canada and other countries. So that's really where it's standing right now. And uh, I think that probably Canada will, in fact, decide to uh, to take some action on this because, uh, you know, other countries will be doing the same.
0: How often does this happen? How often does the Chinese Communist Party come in and purchase a Canadian company?
1: Well, there, you know, there has been quite a lot of these uh, purchases. There is a, a threshold of 400 and some um, million for review, although anything can be reviewed if it's seen as a national security concern. But, uh, no, throughout Canada, there are an awful lot of, uh, of enterprises, particularly in um, mining and energy sectors where the, the Chinese state has taken control. But then we also have um, other acquisitions like um, nursing homes in, in uh, B.C. and, uh, and um, real estate, of course, has been quite uh, a big thing. And also I think of quite considerable concern is Chinese state acquisition of Canadian media, um, Chinese language media, and the um, Chinese Communist Party's dominance of of um, social media apps like WeChat, where they're able to, by acquiring the the newspaper or radio station or whatever, and and by controlling the social media app, are able to impose Chinese Communist censorship over communications that are taking place entirely within Canada. So. Um we we've seen uh um since January uh quite a considerable number of uh outbound merger and acquisitions. Just up to April there were fifty seven um throughout the world amounting to nine point nine billion US dollars and hundred and forty five um Chinese outbound investments worth about four point five billion. And these were in countries like uh Canada, the US, UK, Germany, France, India. Hong Kong, um, South Korea, Australia. But we expect that, um, you know, as the economic downturn continues and as, you know, Canadians are facing the prospect of unemployment and the collapse of their companies, that uh, there'll be a lot of attractiveness uh, if China comes in and offers, uh, you know, over-market, overmarket value for these things and, and then acquires them and then uses that to, leverage our government on various other issues
0: uh... companies buy and sell all the time in various countries canada does the same thing why is it different in china why the concern there
1: well i think there is a a difference um... you know if canada does an investment abroad the idea is that we will generate profit from it um... you know that that's why a canadian company would invest abroad but with the chinese state they they're inclined to invest in money losing um... Uh, operations to further their influence. So, you know, you have this Belt and Road Project, a massive global infrastructure project designed to reorient the global economy over to China, and they will make investments in countries that don't bring about a return, sometimes leveraging those, um, the debt that the country that's accepted the Chinese uh, loans uh, have incurred to achieve Chinese ends, like, you know, there's a Sri Lankan port of Hama-Banauta that uh, was developed by the Chinese, um, didn't generate a profit. And then in return for forgiving the debt, the Chinese got control of it for 99 years from 2017. So essentially they acquired a a port facility through the use Mm. of strategic um, economic uh, statecraft. And so I think they're concerned here that if the Chinese government gets uh, considerable control of aspects of the Canadian economy, that they will have more influence with um, the government over um, political decisions, that would include um, whether we crack down on Chinese state espionage in our country, or what we do in response to the um, to the detaining of Kovarik and Spavor, or how we deal with Meng Wanzhou, or do we um, do we address uh, express concern in international fora and take action with regard to Chinese domestic human rights abuse, like the um, the genocide a cultural genocide program against the muslims in in the northwest so um, and aside from which chinese firms tend to be able to use their ability to access the resources of the chinese state including intelligence resources to serve other aspects of chinese state companies through um... purloining technologies either by you know making it conditional on the acquisition of a canadian company that the chinese would have access to technology or um, using uh, cyber espionage that they're able to access because of their connection with the Canadian company, or in fact uh, using agents who work within the company to obtain the technology and and steal it without paying the licensing fees. So we see an awful lot of this going on, and I I think that's why at a time of economic disruption so many countries are having their, their governments look into the possibility of Chinese predatory, Chinese state predatory activities, and trying to see if we can take measures to keep that under control and ensure that foreign investments in Canada are to the net benefit of Canada.
0: You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Is China not having its own difficulty with COVID 19? Do they have the cash to go on a buying spree? Well, they're a state,
1: and so, you know, they they have the ability to. To generate income, such as uh, as we can't. So, you know, they they have the resources. If they feel it's in their interest to get into a further debt position, um, they will.
0: Uh, obviously, we've seen the appetite towards uh, the Chinese Communist Party change since COVID-19. Uh, how do you think Canadians are going to react to this suggestion? I mean, is this a, a slam dunk? I mean, it, it appears that everybody is extremely cautious of anything coming out of China these days.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, you know, the, the question is that if you have a Canadian um, company that's failing and, you know, could be having to put their workers out of work and close down their facilities, and a Chinese investor comes along offering a lot of money for uh, to, to buy it, um, you know, obviously that's something that, that people would welcome because they don't want to be out of a job. Um, so there is that economic imperative, I think, but I think that you're right. I think there is more of a cross-partisan consensus in Canada that we have to pay attention to the um, economic statecraft of the People's Republic of China, and that Chinese investments are different from those of any other nation of the world that invests in Canada, because they're not strictly profit-driven, but driven by the overall interests of the Chinese state and their their longer-term planning in terms of, of gaining leverage in Western democracies and suppressing um, forces that are hostile to their to the way that they function domestically and internationally. So, you know, it's, it's, I think within Canada there's a high degree of consensus, and uh, our allies, like-minded allies in the countries I mentioned, have the same sorts of concerns. So we'll probably see some fairly coordinated uh, response to this. But, you know, that being said, China's a very important economy in the world. We need to trade with them, and certainly we would welcome Chinese investment Providing it doesn't come with strings attached that we'll come to regret very much later.
0: How is China viewing what is happening in the United States right now?
1: Well, you know, the Chinese government are making hay over propaganda and suggesting that you know the U.S. system is a failure. Uh, first of all, they the Chinese suggest that democracies are not uh, efficient in dealing with pandemics like uh, COVID nineteen, and they issued a white paper. Government white paper about three days ago, where they explain how, from their perspective, the Chinese um, one-party authoritarian system under the, their strongman leader Xi Jinping has been the best uh, government to address the the pandemic. Um, I think there, are, you know, I think there are a lot of things in that document that seem pretty questionable, and a lot of information which uh, is not entirely honest, particularly with... especially
0: the, considering that this pandemic originated
1: there. Yes, and that. And that you know we believe that one of the reasons that it spread so badly throughout the world is because the Chinese government was not forthcoming early enough to the WHO, uh, so that we could make so we could have made the appropriate preparations in terms of closing our borders to Chinese travel and and uh, doing more contract tracing earlier on to stop the spread. So, you know, whenever the Chinese government issues a white paper, you get suspicious that they're trying to hide something. You know, they issue white papers on. How they abide by international norms of human rights and white papers about Tibet, where they suggest that Tibetans are very happy with um, leaders, you know, a different nationality um, ruling them out of a place far away, Beijing, and so on. So the fact that they've issued a white paper suggests to me that they're feeling threatened, and I think they're concerned that the truth will come out about how it went with COVID-19, and that the world will want to make them accountable for for them being instrumental in thousands and thousands of unnecessary deaths here in Canada and elsewhere.
0: Uh, We remember uh, a few weeks ago when uh, the Huawei CFO was uh, in a BC superior court trying to get Their extradition case tossed out. Uh, We also remember the the uh, the photo op that was taken on the steps of the BC Supreme Court a a couple of days earlier. Uh, It certainly, I guess, their team certainly thought that they would be victorious in all of this. And then we remember hearing the judge's decision, and the case will proceed as as scheduled. And at that point, everybody was waiting for. Uh, the retaliation from China, uh, they even said that it would be swift and and, uh, and severe. Are you surprised we still haven't heard anything on that yet?
1: Well, yeah, I'd expected to see uh, an angry, uh, you know, petulant response from the Chinese regime. I think what really happened here, you know, when you saw, as you say, when you saw the, the photo op, I think the Chinese regime wanted to show that Look, we, you know, we were able to pressure those Canadians into into doing what we wanted, which is to release Meng Wanzhou. When that didn't happen, and you know, the fact that it didn't happen has nothing to do with our government; it's entirely an independent judicial decision. But when that didn't happen, the Chinese, I think, gained some respect for us in not caving into their menacing and threats and and the uh, hostage diplomacy and the arbitrary um, violations of trade contracts causing billions of dollars of of losses to Canadian farmers and so on. So I think that, uh, you know, by standing up to China and showing a bit of backbone, then we gain uh, the respect of the Chinese regime and they, they back off from, from these uh, lurid um, um, threats that they make and, and engaging in petty you know, violations of the international rules-based order in trade and diplomacy, which which are designed to put us in our place. So I, I think that that's, the fact that the decision didn't go the way the Chinese government went, I think, probably caused Beijing to rethink um, how they should be addressing Canada.
0: And any more information on the two Michaels as a result of this?
1: No, and as far as I know, we've had no consular access, um, you know, even though it could easily be arranged, even if our if they wouldn't let our, our diplomats go to the prison and meet them behind Plexiglass or whatever, you know we could be doing it through electronic means, some um, uh, video call or telephone call, and I think the US. has been able to access some of their people that way. So you know they're not allowing us access to Coverkin's favor, I think is is simply designed to try and uh, pressure Canada further. And of course, I, the, you know the real fear behind this is, in fact, that covert course favor or both are not in good condition, and the Chinese government doesn't want us to know about that.
0: Oh, my. Charles Burton has been with us, senior fellow, McDonald laurier Institute, talking about uh, Canadian companies being taken over uh, by the Chinese Communist Party or those that are funded from them. Charles, thanks so much for the time and insight, as always. Be well. Take care. Good to speak with you again.